Welcome to Prairie Dock On Call, made possible by the generous support of Larson Manufacturing and many other corporations and individuals. Their gifts to the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, provide 100% of the funding for all Prairie Dock programs. Please follow the Prairie Dock on Facebook and YouTube, and go to prairiedock.org for more information on making a charitable gift. Retirement can be a stressful and anxious time, not being sure what comes next. However, with some planning for activities, mental and physical health, the transition can be a smooth one. Excelling in retirement, tonight, on call with the Prairie Doc. Good evening and welcome to On Call with the Prairie Doc. I'm Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, your Prairie Doc this evening. Let's begin with a look at this week's Prairie Doc quiz question. True or false, physical activity helps slow cognitive decline associated with aging. We'll give you the answer at the end of the program. Joining us tonight in studio is Dr. David Brechtelsbauer, Professor Emeritus at USD Sanford School of Medicine, and remotely via Zoom is Dr. Jerome Bentz of Platt Medical Clinic of Vera in Platt, South Dakota. Welcome, Dr. Brechtelsbauer, Dr. Bentz. Thank you. Dr. Brechtelsbauer, uh, you know, obviously you've been helpful at the medical school and the residency program, the family medicine residency program. Uh, if you would tell us a little about yourself and your background and everything. Well, I grew up in Michigan and uh, got my medical training undergrad and medical training at the University of Michigan. So I do maize and blue for almost like SDSU colors. <laughs> I have a wife and two grown sons. Um, my first professional practice was in rural Virginia at the edge of the Blue Ridge Mountains in an underserved area. Uh, after nine years, my goal was really to teach eventually. And at that point in time, was, I had a graceful exit as my partner sister was finishing a residency and could, could take my spot. Um, my wife was born in Sioux Falls, but not, didn't grow up here. So when we saw an ad for Sioux Falls, she said, we should go. I'm not sure if I remember Sioux Falls or just the pictures in the, in the photo book. We got here and we've stayed Great. <laughs> been Great. 35 years now. <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, Dr. Bentz, uh, if, if you would, you've also, of course, been very helpful with medical education in the state and, and taking students and uh, thank you for that as well. Um, if you would tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. So I grew up in northern South Dakota on a farm. And I always admired the doctor when I went to see him. He was kind of scary, big. He wore bow ties. I respected him. Didn't want to go to him, but I sure respected him. Ended up wanting to be a physician. Went to uh, undergrad in Dort College in northwest Iowa and then to medical school in the University of South Dakota and residency in Cedar Rapids and then and then came to Platt, South Dakota 37 years ago and when we came here we thought well we'll stay here a, you know a few years and see how it goes and probably move somewhere else and pretty soon you have kids and you go to church and you go they go to school and pretty soon this becomes your home so I've been here for 37 years now still still practicing but slowing down a bit with more help than before. 
So is that why you usually wear uh, a bow tie sometimes I've seen uh, because of your mentor wearing a bow tie maybe? You know, I think that came from Dr. Lauren Amundsen. You know, he always wore bow ties and his wife made them. And I just got in a kick for that. And they're fun to order and fun to wear. And I should have one on tonight. But I think it came from Dr. Amundsen, actually. Plus, they don't get in the way when you're leaning over patients or anything. They're, they're snappy looking and people like them. They're probably more COVID friendly, less germs than, than the... I would say so. They would yeah. fit in a COVID plan very well, I think. Yeah. Well, we're certainly sitting far enough apart, hopefully right now, and we've got our masks that we've been wearing up until this point, and everyone in the studio, we're t taking our precautions. Our topic tonight is excelling in retirement. Being successful in retirement takes more than saving money. So our plan is to consider some of the ways that can help make a good transition into retirement, help someone excel in retirement to enjoy it and, and thrive in it. Um, Dr. B, uh, Dave, when you know someone is going to retire, what is some of the advice you offer and offer them? Well, they, uh, actually I got a lot of advice from my patients because I did mostly geriatric medicine that yeah. I saw them retire. Yeah. Uh, and when I retired, I was surprised how few patients seemed upset about that. They just welcomed me to the, the new fraternity <laughs> of retired people. Uh, so it's, it's, as you pointed out earlier, financial planning is, of course, very helpful. And have, having good health is, is a positive factor. Although I've had lots of experiences with patients who've retired. And if not at the time of retirement, eventually aging and disease happens. Yeah. And you have to kind of change your goals. Uh, the, uh, the, the time you spend together with your spouse particularly as a physician, but a lot of people work as hard as we do and aren't home that much. Uh, that's probably the initial big adjustment. Hmm. Uh, so you have to decide, uh, sometimes the one spouse will send the others out on an errand that doesn't need to be done, but they have to go out. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing is to, to keep, keep engaged with social activities. Uh, if you're not in a service club or some place you can volunteer to feel like you're still giving back and doing something productive. Uh, it helps keep your mind in the game and your, your moral values straight. Right, yeah. Um, Jerome, what would be some of the advice you often offer to patients as they're thinking about retirement? Well, I would, <clears throat> I would ask them, what are you gonna do? When you're not working, what will give you meaning in your life? How will you, how will you fill your time? What will you be getting up for in the morning? Try to see if they have any idea what they're going to do when they're retired. Yeah. And how, you know, and this isn't obviously an easy question, but, you know, how, how can a person decide what might be meaningful for them? I mean, what are some ways that, that someone could explore that, do you suppose? Well, <clears throat> I'm probably using my own personal experience, but I think meaningful things are <clears throat> where you're helping others in some way or another, helping others to, in many different ways, rather than just, just retiring and thinking, oh, I don't have to do anything anymore. I can sit around, I can have coffee, I can do whatever. I, I think 
I think being ready to, to, to continue your vocation in, in a different way, probably helping others. We all went into this profession hoping to help people. I think we'd still do that as retirees, actually, in a different way. I think that's a, a, a good point. One could easily start to just focus inward and then uh, lose some of those connections with others in the outside world and, and, and how strengthening relationships and strengthening your connection and, and meaning and purpose in the outside world probably will help, help how you feel from within, I, I would imagine. Um, are there some aspects of pre-retirement that can be predictive of a successful transition to retirement, do you suppose? And either one of you can step in here or Dr. I, I, I think if you, uh, Eric Erickson calls the last stage of living uh, ego integrity, you feel good about your life and yourself and what you've accomplished, or despair. Uh, if you're in that first category, you quickly find a way to give back or whatever. I agree that, uh, I mean, this week I did Meals on Wheels with my wife and that kind of volunteering. I still teach some for the med school, but I no longer see patients or do any patient care. Are there some ways you recommend people get connected, connected with volunteer activities? Uh, service clubs through a church, uh, an interest you have of a skill, uh, teaching other people that skill or joining a group that, that does that together. Uh, there's a lot of mental exercises people will recommend, yeah. but the evidence suggests that if you do that with other people in the room and are talking at the same time and that social connection, that those exercises are, are more beneficial than they would be if you do it by yourself in a dark, or in a room by yourself. Yeah, yeah. My wife used to work at 211, and, uh, uh, and, and that is a number now that's statewide, and you can call for needing help, needing resources, needing funding, needing connections to, to getting help, or, or if you're feeling down depressed, you can call 211 to have someone to talk to. And, uh, um, but they also uh, can connect people to volunteer resources as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly joining uh, a service club is, would be a great way to do it. And, and many of them are meeting on Zoom or Skype at least. Some are still perhaps in person, but many of them are going strong mm -hmm. right now. Um, and, uh, but uh, you can call 2-1-1 and they can help hook you up with, uh, with uh, volunteer activities too. Uh, Jerome, could you describe some examples of people you know who, who thrived in retirement? Oh, I sure can. So I, I hardly know where to start here. But... <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with my best example. And you cut me off if it takes too long. But he, he's just a, a friend of mine, grew up in Plaid, grew up poor. They, he and his family had nothing. You know, they moved from farm to farm. He never went school past high school went, did go to the service but he became very wealthy in the grocery store business made lots of money bought different stores sold them so when he retired he kind of eased out of the store business but instead of just taking all his money and entertaining himself he, he put it back into the town I mean he 
he'll would get up in the morning if it's snowy and had a bobcat shovel the streets or the sidewalks he bought the old lyric theater and got a bunch of volunteers to help renovate it and he just kept working for the community it just and he had this ability to get people to join in with him they knew he was doing it all volunteer and on his own his own money and he just was so enthused he could get people to work with him so that to me is my great example he just always optimistic always working doing something for someone else happy um yeah i could go on and on about him but really good example of retiring and and giving all the blessings you got when you worked in the community he gave them back to the community and still is actually that's great that's great yeah. um i it was it sounded like you had several examples i'll let you do one more if you wanted to otherwise i can ask dave too i can do another one sure <laughs> sure so another man i think he's 85. he's relatively healthy but he's been in his shop by his house he's been building little wooden cars he gets donated wood from a gun stock company in mitchell and he takes that wood and turns them into little cars and they toys for God's kids he put on the cars but he's got about three or four guys and every day of the week they're in his shop making these cars thousands of them and sending them all over the world mission projects and I mean this guy gets up in the morning and he's just raring to go happy as can be he's got work to do he's doing something meaningful and he's happy about what he's doing. Yeah. And he realizes he's getting older and getting weaker and someday won't be able to do that. But right now he's busy as can be doing that and enjoying it. Meaningful. That's great. So, That's great. Thanks. It, it's not fair if I don't ask you that same question perhaps, Dave. Well, that yeah. brought my father to mind. My father and his brother uh, built homes after World War II, which was a pretty good gig because all the soldiers were coming back and wanting housing uh, and after the town I grew up in was Saginaw but after he moved up north in Michigan it's like up north in Minnesota to the lake kind of thing uh, and then he got a chance to build unique le uh, lake homes hmm. and he got to get you know octagonal decks and his, his craftsmanship really 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 came out and a more uh, had a better budget than he was building you know bungalow two, two, two bedroom bungalows when he started his career as he aged and got a little weaker and couldn't do the, that those big jobs he took up wood carving and he knew a lot about wood because he hammered it he sawed it he did all sorts of stuff to it in his career and we uh, have uh, his carvings and nieces and nephews and cousins uh, we can go to lots of family houses and see one of dad's carvings. That's oh. great. That's great. You know, definitely seeing a pattern of, of, of industry and, and building and having fun and, and exploring and trying new things. And, and uh, it, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Um, this ne next patient here is a great story here. It's office treats and stress and lack of a structured lifestyle were left behind when Tim Schwagerl Brookings retired this past April. Actually, from, from day one, I started walking. Uh, when I was working, I'd, my job required I walked a lot during the day. I mean, I'd put miles on. 
Uh, so I knew uh, once I retired I needed to do something like that just to uh, keep things going. So I started walking. I started uh, first thing every morning I'd get up and walk two miles or so. And uh, I've increased that over the time. I'm, I'm now walking three to four miles. Typically every day I, if I go on vacation or go somewhere I still take time for myself to walk. I spend probably oh, 50 minutes or so uh, doing a fast-paced walk. Uh, I've changed how I eat. Uh, I have noticed when I'm home uh, versus when I was at work, don't have those temptations. There's no snack machine. Uh, there's no uh, nobody baking here, which is uh, which is a good thing. I also changed. I, I, I uh, typically get up and, and my wife and I will have breakfast together, and then she'll go to work, and then I typically don't eat anything until we have our evening meal. Um, and that's typically, we, we've gone to just doing a vegetable and a protein of some sort, which is, has uh, really helped. If I do need something to snack with during the day, uh, we typically keep fruit around or uh, raw vegetables. My last visit with, with uh, my doctor, I was actually down 13 pounds from, from our previous visit, which was last January. I didn't start this until April. My uh, blood pressure uh, had, had decreased. He actually was able to uh, cut my medication for blood pressure in half. Um, my numbers for blood sugar had actually improved. When I was still working I got a Hello Heart app which was a great tool. It helps track your blood pressure. So I check my blood pressure at least a couple times a week. It also records it to the app on your phone so when you go visit uh, your doctor you can bring it up or you can actually send it to him if you want to so he can watch the trend. Take time for yourself. I mean, that's what I didn't used to do when I was working. Uh, now that I have time, I actually take time to do that. Work with your doctor. If you don't have a doctor, find one that you can communicate well with um, and, and uh, you know, listen to their advice. I mean, that's Dr. Ellsworth is what kind of got me on this path. Uh, uh, he sat me down a couple different times when we would visit on my numbers and, and he'd you know, tell me what, you know, if you lose some weight, um, maybe increase your exercise, you can, you can do something with blood pressure and uh, that actually is, is uh, happening, so well, it's been, been good. That's great. Thanks, Tim, for doing that. And, and uh, I might add that uh, a couple other apps that I've had patients use are uh, my Fitness Pal or Spark People uh, or Noom, uh, different ways they track their calories, track their food, track their activity, help motivate them to do other other things. And uh, and some, some have social platforms to give you extra encouragement as you're going along that, that journey. I don't know if, if uh, you guys have any apps or things you recommend to people to help encourage them with, with those activities. And, healthy lifestyle. Yeah, my, my, my wife is uh, trying to walk every day and she gets her miles through her, recorded by her cell phone and then can look it back every week. Uh, that's been very helpful and motivating for her. Yeah, yeah, pretty much any phone now has a pedometer mm -hmm. built into it, so that's certainly good. We were talking about retirement and some great stories of people that uh, were you know, had the health and the resources to do some of these things that they wanted to do for the community. But unfortunately, of course, uh, health problems or financial problems or whatever else can get in the way. Um, 
Dave, if you want, might speak to some of that and what are some of the ways um, people can o overcome some of those things uh, to, to still, you know, feel, feel like they're, they have a reason to get up in the morning or, 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 you know, have something to do or even though they may not be able to do what they want to do. Yeah, I, I think the example I gave of my dad who still had a piece of wood in his hand when he was carving, yeah. not building a whole house, is, yeah. is a good example. Uh, and I've been surprised by the number of people, if I take a first-year resident or a medical student to meet a patient and they think that must be a miserable life and as they get to know the patient, they just find joy in visiting friends, uh, you know, grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Uh, families are Im important uh, allies in this journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about happiness there, I, I, doing some research recently, I saw that oftentimes there's kind of a happiness U-curve uh, in just in general, from country to country, anywhere uh, of, of what people generally rate as their happiness. And if they talk to 30-year-olds and 70-year-olds, both of them thought the 30-year-olds should be happier, but actually when they talked about their own happiness score and, and satisfaction, consistently the 70-year-olds were, were happier. And actually it usually was lowest about age 46 or 47 <laughs> on the average, um, and then trended back up again uh, higher and higher. Why do you suppose that could, could be or would be? Well, I think Tim, who we just talked to uh, about his retirement journey, uh, your external pressures are less and you're, you have more freedom to do what you want to do. Uh, I think you gave him good advice that he followed and it worked out, so that was great. Um, and I think most people can find something looking back in their life that they're proud of and maybe a skill or an interest they have that so they somehow can maintain to some degree that they have that sense of fulfillment. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, just a, a chance when you retire to kind of look back and look back at your life and, and maybe rediscover some old friendships or maybe find meaning in, in, in uh, some past things that you used to love to do that never had time for when you had kids or whatever to get back into that or uh, starting to look into history or family history, family history research. You know, there's uh, a lot of, um, uh, you know, learning of oneself that can happen from looking back at the past and, mm -hmm. and to, to, to realize what, what does make me happy. You know, I think that later some people find that uh, you know, maybe I don't need to be going to, I don't know, cocktail parties if I don't like cocktail parties, <laughs> right. you know, and I don't have to hang out with all these people that maybe I don't really like them <laughs> uh, just to impress them or because of a job opportunity and now, and maybe some of the friendships are fewer, but maybe they're deeper and more rewarding. And I think that could be, I don't know, uh, Jerome, if, if you've got thoughts on, or if you've seen uh, th that some people can, uh, tend to get happier as they get older or more satisfied, hopefully. Well, <clears throat> you know, adding on to what Dave said, maybe, maybe when you're younger, like you said, more stress, looking, what can I do? How do I get this done? Uh, looking to the future, 
um, worrying about it. When you get older and retired, maybe you're able to live more in the <clears throat> in the present. Yeah. Be happy for the day you're at and not <clears throat> worry about 10, 20 years down the line and live in the present. Be satisfied with what you have and enjoy what you have. That's wisdom for any of us of any age, I'd say. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, you mentioned couples uh, early on, you know, that time that you're going to have more time with your spouse uh, or, you know, family at home or whoever you're at home with once you retire. And that, that home environment is definitely going to get disrupted. Um, Dave, can you speak a little bit more on that and, and ways that people can prepare themselves for that? Well, I, I think the, uh, I mean, that's going to be a major change that uh, you're together. I mean, you still love this spouse you have, but going to work and coming back, that's a lot more hours together. And you just have to decide, you know, where the yin and yang is, that who's going to do what, and you get new responsibilities. I'm always the Sunday night pancake maker now. <laughs> uh, and we did that when we had little kids too, actually. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of fun. And Kathy gets that night off and uh, Kathy's doing more exercise, uh, gets her out of the house. Uh, so I think you just got to have a little heart to heart and look at your interests and some things you'd love to do together and some things you need to do apart. We were talking earlier and you mentioned how sense of humor really helps. Yeah, I was t sharing my story of, and we actually took a retirement seminar and we, we talked a lot about spousal relationships and uh, our routine uh, became that I would work on the Sudoku and that Kathy would work on the crossword puzzle and I usually got up first. So I, I did my Sudoku and then I did the last cross and down in the crossword puzzle and <laughs> the crossword puzzle and uh, I left her a note that I finished the puzzle for you and she was distinctly upset until she looked at what I had actually done so a sense of humor makes a good <laughs> you know yes. being playful yes yeah <laughs> wonderful um, thoughts on that, Jerome, of, of, of the, the change in the, in the home environment and, and having more time at home. I mean, I, I'm sorry to divulge, but, but I think you've spent more time at home lately. Yeah, well, I think uh, I'd have to defer to Dave's wisdom. My wife says, when you retire, you need to find something to do. I don't want you at home all the time. <laughs> and I can see why. So I, I think... I think Dave summed it up very nicely. I think you have to find paths together and your own path too. So you're, so you have again, meaning in your life together and also as individuals. Yeah, that's great. I'm thinking about it though, especially after this time where I'm laid up a little bit, I'm wondering, that's gonna be what retirement is like, but right now my wife is taking care of me a lot. That may not happen when I'm retired. So. <laughs> <laughs> great. You know, so many times when, when uh, people talk about um, wh who they are, or they introduce themselves, they'll usually say, I am a doctor, or I am a lawyer, I am a teacher. You know, it's, a, it's important for one's identity. Um, and so, 
you know, with retirement, then can come that loss of identity somewhat. You know, it doesn't mean they're not a teacher anymore, and, and, and you can still teach, but, but it's going to be different. Um, if you would speak to that loss or change in identity and how that can be affected. Um, this, this may be a bias, but I think particularly professionals that retire, um, I mean, we get called different, we get called doctor, not mister, for our career. And, and that, that's a dignified title, and we're, we're proud of it. Um, but I like, I like being a civilian now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Jerome, any thoughts on, on how one can cope with the changes in identity? Yeah, again, I, I defer to Dave. I think, I'm thinking about that. That will be different when you aren't going to have nurses and secretaries and patients calling you doctor and doing what you ask them to do. And it will be a loss, I think. It'll be, it'll be a loss. And I suppose the way to, to make that up is to find other things that are equally meaningful in your retired life. Yeah. That's that's my thought. As I'm nearing retirement, I I uh, in doing some of the reading about this before the show, I, I I found that it it can be helpful to consider one's identity and 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 all the aspects of one's identity. And as people had thought of themselves, you know, not just as a teacher, but also a father or and a son and a uh, church member or a uh, service club member or as a neighbor uh, yeah. and how th you know thinking of your role as a neighbor and what can I do to be a good neighbor uh, um, so that that your identity is is encompassed in a variety of ways because obviously there's more to a person than than their occupation granted yeah. it, that can be a large part but I think it helps to Think of, think of yourself in, in all these different different ways. Good point. I think that's very good advice. Maintaining a sense of balance and agility as we age can be tricky, but there are certain exercises that can reduce the chance of being injured through falls and other accidents. So the Silver Sneakers is a branded program that focuses specifically on about 65 and older, either chronologically or biologically. As we age, our bodies start to lose flexibility, uh, strength, muscles begin to shrink and get smaller, and we are not able to balance and maintain the ability to do daily tasks and leisure as much as we would like, which also increases risks of falls. And for an older population, falling is a big problem. And so Silver Sneakers is a class designed to help a little cardio, but a lot strength and confidence in motion. So doing things that you'll be finding in a day-to-day -day world, and you've done them in class so you feel confident you don't have as big a risk of falls. I asked them last week why they keep coming back and she said it just keeps her going. She feels like walking is fine and I can do that anywhere, she said, but to come here and use some of those different muscle groups and train her body to keep the ability of the joints to move in all directions has been very beneficial to her. Another gentleman who just started the class is a hobbyist archer 
and he was struggling to make his shots and do his draw pulls. And he's been coming here all summer. He's thrilled. He can take 12 shots in a row, hit them dead center, and it's just strengthening his body to keep those muscles able to do what he wants to do. There's a lot of this you can do at home. Um, some of my people take notes on the class and they buy the equipment at home. Silver Sneakers, as a brand, uses a few weights, um, a ball, and a resistance band, which you can easily get at any mass department store, and do those things at home. Um, learning some of the techniques is a good idea. Some of them you can find online. And some of them you can even get a subscription to an online class or coming here learning and then going and doing at home is an option as well. Being able to stay physically fit, meaning the ability to do all of your daily activities and your leisure without problem, is absolutely crucial to quality of life. And so staying active, walking regularly, the Arthritis Foundation, I was trained for one of their classes called Walk With Ease, and walking for three or four or five times a week 30 to 40 minutes reduces arthritis pain. Sometimes I can definitely feel like a, a broken record trying to encourage people to stay active and 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 uh, and and exercise. And but the the benefits, of course, are just endless um the you know it's nice to see that with even with covid times you know there some people are getting together and exercising um and uh and you know granted right now as we film this it's august now it's going to be shown in december <laughs> and uh and and it there would be icy it could be icy and snow on the snow on the ground and hopefully there's still places people can go for act, uh, to be active and for exercise. And, and, and Dave, wh what are some things you recommend for people, especially in the winter, that they can do to, to stay active? Well, some people want to join, uh, I mean, there's lots of opportunity in Sioux Falls and I'm sure in Brookings, as we just saw in the video, uh, to join formal programs, but mall walking is, is very popular. Uh, you know, you, a lot of malls even can tell you how far from point A to point B, so you decide how far you want to walk. Um, but I, yeah, more time indoors is going to be more difficult, um, but not uh, not impossible. Yeah. Now, if you're out in Platte, South Dakota, what what do you what do you recommend for people there? Well. <clears throat> I've heard, I just love that Silver Sneakers program you showed us. I think that's great. And the social benefits of it are good too. So in Platte, <clears throat> like everywhere I hear every excuse you can imagine why we can't walk. It's too hot, it's too windy, it's too icy, whatever. <laughs> but there's a group of ladies that are in their 70s and they walk about every morning. I mean, unless it's dangerous, they're out there walking so walking, a lot of people go to church. Our churches are pretty big, like a mall. They can walk in there. We have a wellness center. There's really quite a bit of opportunity, actually. If you want to do it, you can find a way to do it, if you're motivated to. Now, sometimes as, as we get older, our balance can be, become more of a problem. Yeah. Um, 
Jerome, what do you recommend for people that are, are starting to notice balance problems? Well, I would probably <clears throat> send them to physical therapy first if they have that complaint and have a physical therapist assess their strength and their gait and probably get them on a program to strengthen their legs and probably encourage them to sign up and go to the wellness center. It seems counterintuitive, but it's, it's true. More activity can improve the balance, can it? And as you get the muscles stronger. Uh, Dave, do you have other thoughts on that as, as well? No, but I think if you think back to the, the video about silver sneakers, a lot of those exercises, when they didn't quite sit down uh, and got then briefly were up on one foot, those are balance exercises. Um, so uh, use it or lose it kind of yeah. is a rule here. And if you have friends or, or someone to be your accountability partner, if you would, that you're, you you're depend on each other to go for that walk. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to go on that walk unless yeah. if it's by yourself and you're getting up yeah. in and, the morning. And, and you feel safer with somebody. If you do fall down, exactly. there's somebody there to, you know, yeah. check if you're all right. And if you're not, to get get some help. Some people, if 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 you have a pet that needs to be walked, uh, you know that can be helpful too. You know, having that dog to walk. I don't know if a cat would really be helpful for anything. But, uh, <laughs> companionship, <laughs> right? Um, you know, also when we when we think about balance uh, and and decreasing the risk of falls, we have to consider eyesight. Um, you know, having your eyes checked because uh, that is a, a important part of your balance. Um, also, and, also footwear and footwear, exactly. <laughs> yes, um, cataract surgery has decreased the risk of hip fractures because you can see better, and. Uh, other any other ways to decrease falls or or deal with with balance issues from either of you? There, there's no silver bullet. There are silver sneakers. I just yeah. learned. But, Speaking uh, of shoes, other are there is there a specific type of shoe you'd recommend or anything? Well, you know, most athletic shoes uh, are, you're something in that line. Yeah. And I don't know why, who invented high heels for women that are not good at all. Or, or flip-flops. <laughs> or flip-flops, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And have a mat in the bathtub so you don't fall mm -hmm. there. And I would like to add, for people walking in the wintertime, you can get grips to put on your shoes, spikes, all of that kind of stuff that really mm -hmm. help if there is some ice, which you like to not walk if there is, but that could prevent a fall. Of course, diet is also important as we get older, and uh, loss of muscle can be an issue or not having enough protein or, or anything like that. Dave, if you wouldn't mind to speak about some of the changes or things a person should watch for, make sure they do in their diet. Uh, once again, I'll reflect back on Tim, who uh, was snacking on maybe carrots, as we saw, and he mentioned, and we do something to get our protein, uh, so protein is important and, and egg is a great source of protein and, and prices has gone up with COVID a little bit or maybe a lot. I, I don't do the shopping in that, at our house. Um, but uh, getting enough protein, not an excessive amount, but enough. Uh, but the tea and toast diet is, is uh, yeah. not, not good. 
just carbs and yep. tea and or alcohol for that matter yeah, well, isn't yeah. helpful. Mm -hmm. um, it, what sarcopenia sometimes comes up in this situation? What is sarcopenia? That that's uh, a situation if you don't use your muscles to actively all the time, they will get smaller and smaller, hmm. and your muscle mass will decrease, uh, and that. It can be self-reinforcing because then you feel weaker and you can't do the next step and so on. You may find you go to the doctor and your doctor's going to want you to squeeze something to see how, how strong your grip is. Or he or she may want you to walk 10 yards and turn around and come back and kind of be watching how fast you do that and how your balance is. Uh, so the functional aspects uh, are how we diagnose at this point. There's no lab test for that. Uh, there are some interesting studies where they do scans of people's muscles, like elderly people, and see their muscle mass, and they, they, you can get that back if you do vigorous exercise. Uh, but if you stop, so it's, it's reversible. Yeah. If you, if you, but you got to keep the exercise up, or it'll, it'll go the other way yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. You know, some would argue the brain behaves in the same manner in a way: use it or lose it type. Mm -hmm type situation. Jerome, I don't know if you've ever seen that or, or you know what I'm talking about as far as ways to exercise the brain. Um, like Dave said, probably word puzzles, being engaged in things, reading, solving problems, being socially active, being engaged. Yeah. I guess just using it right. in a meaningful way. I've also seen that hearing aids can be helpful. Um, yeah. You know, where if you if you start to lose your hearing, you can that can cause you to disengage from others and the outside world, and then cognitively, mentally, people can decline because of hearing problems. And where hearing aids or even a cochlear implant uh, can be helpful if needed, if it comes to that. So, yeah. Um, the one last thing, of course, is, is that we lose friends and family over time at, at, at any age, of course, can happen. Um, what are some ways that people can help, that, that can help to cope with loss of friends or family or, or spouse, Dave? Uh, there's, there's, all deaths are sad, some deaths are tragic. Uh, a parent burying a child is tragic. An adult child burying a parent is very sad, but it's, at least it's not tragic. And that's where your, your, your spiritual life and your spiritual advisors and so on to help you deal with the grief. Uh, if you're really, there's a, there's a book by a rabbi called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Uh, which I found useful for for patients that that uh, to read that kind of you know there's there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah and and not commonly but grief can go on excessively long and at that point uh, some formal counseling may be may be in, in order and you have to watch out for anniversary reactions you think you're getting your grief under control and you're starting to get out more and then the day of your wedding anniversary comes and suddenly you're, you're back in your 
in your grief. Uh, but if you expect that can come, and if you're a physician or a counselor and you point that out, you know, you're doing really well, but it might relapse a little bit at Christmas time or Thanksgiving when families are all gathering and that chair is empty now. Uh, even predicting sad things helps you cope with them when they come. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, some people move away and go south for the winter. Uh, which might be good, might make it easier to be outside and exercise, and maybe you make friends, but then maybe you lose touch with people too and, and can feel more distant. Have either of you guys seen that be a positive or a negative for, for some of those snowbirds? You know, we have, we have quite a few snowbirds here in Platte. I wouldn't want to do it myself, but the people that have done it it seems pretty positive because they make a whole new set of friends down there and they can be outside. They're not trapped in their house on a cold winter day. They're out in the swimming pool or going to church or at the post office. So it wouldn't appeal to me, but for the people that I see do it, they seem to like it a lot. They have a whole new social network. And as they age and become more frail, they often come back to Back home to South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the most important thing is just having that network of support or of, of friends or family or other relationships to to build to build on and and, and to help help each other. Um, action time, action plan time. So as we're uh, nearing retirement or retiring and in retirement and, and aging. What are some of the action steps you would recommend for people to take home from, from the show tonight? Well, I think we talked a lot about being physically active, sometimes with a formal program like Silver Sneakers, but keep your fitness level up as best you can. Uh, we talked a little bit about diet, uh, and, and you have more time, you know, like I'm now cook some of the time, so that's, yeah. that's helpful. Okay. I think, uh, sitting down and talking about how things will be different if the one spouse or the other is, you know, going to be coming home and staying home more than the old yeah. days. Uh, having a sense of humor, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, so, and if you're having a hearing deficit, I think that, that is a good point because yeah. it's yeah. kind of a silent, yeah. Uh, silent problem. It's, a, it's the speaker's fault, not the hearer's fault, but that's not true. You, <laughs> we do lose, uh, lose some hearing with aging naturally or typically, uh, and some other diseases might make that come sooner or be more severe. Yeah. Jerome, I, maybe Dave took everything again. Sorry, I feel like I'm giving him the first dibs too often, <laughs> but uh, any that's other what? words of wisdom or, or things you would sum up or or recommend? Well, the only thing I'd add is probably work actively to keep up your social networks. Work hard yeah. at interacting with others and keep those up along with the, all the other things that Dave already said. And the only other thing I'd want to add too is, is that the theme that I saw is, is how it can sure help to have a positive attitude. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and like you mentioned, to live in the moment and enjoy the present and uh, to, to see things as the, the cup, cup half full. So, and uh, the show is, uh, my, cup eth, my cup runneth over here. Thanks so much, guys, for being here. You're welcome. Tonight. And so now for the answer to tonight's Prairie Dot quiz question, true or false? 
Physical activity helps slow cognitive decline associated with aging. The answer is true. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to your Prairie Doc Library at www.prairiedoc.org. Wherever you live or travel, you and your family can enjoy free and easy access 24 hours a day. Search for a specific topic. Browse through the television shows, radio programs, and blog page. You, your family, and friends around the world can learn from physicians and other health professionals answering questions on a variety of medical topics. Visit your Prairie Doc Library today at www.prairiedoc.org. Success in life in all its phases can be measured in many ways. Some reminisce of their glory days in high school. Maybe they were captain of the football team or homecoming queen or won the state chess championship. Others excelled in college, graduated summa cum laude, were invited to all the parties, or landed the dream job. Some worked their way up the corporate ladder or took on a big loan and built a successful business over years of hard work or taught multiple generations of students. Hopefully, most have worked and saved enough through the years to finally retire. After accomplishing the prior phases of one's life, what does a successful retirement look like? Sure, we plan and save for retirement all the time, but when it finally comes, are we ready for the next phase of our lives? There are many ways to thrive and enjoy retirement, some savor time on hobbies, travel, play cards, sew, enjoy gardening or get involved in a church or volunteer. Some make things or fix things or find a part-time job and have some enjoyment while also earning a wage. Some surround themselves with family, helping to connect the generations. Unfortunately, some do not enjoy retirement. Health issues, financial troubles, and relationship problems are just some of the ways that can make it difficult. Some people, despite the best ways of planning and saving for retirement, may have lost identity and have no idea what to do next. As in any situation, to be successful, one must find meaning and purpose. It must be extremely hard to dedicate one's life to a calling and purpose only to one day be told to move on. It must also be particularly challenging to have a plan for retirement, only to have those dreams set aside due to changes in health or financial hardships. COVID-19 has certainly put a wrench in many people's plans for retirement, as well as most everyone else's plans. Certainly, with many things postponed, changed, or canceled this last year, we have all had a chance to reconsider what we spend our time on and what things may be worth a risk. As we enter a new year and changes ahead, whether that be retirement, a new job, a new relationship, or a new normal, I would encourage you to find purpose and meaning in what you do. When you get up for the day, set a goal or find some way to make it meaningful. That is how we will all excel in this new chapter of our lives. Once again, a big thank you to our guests, Dr. David Brechtelsbauer, Dr. Jerome Benz for volunteering their time to help us learn 
more about how to excel in retirement. If you would like more information about this program or to see more episodes, please like and follow us on Facebook or visit us at prairiedoc.org. Also, you can get the podcasts uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in Prairie Doc. That does it for tonight. From all of us here at On Call with the Prairie Doc, until next time, stay healthy out there, people. are your genes for your medical health? Are they the magic bullet or a pipe dream or somewhere in between? Genetics, making sense of the code. Next time on Call with the Prairie Doc. We all want people to have the ability to make appropriate decisions about their health care. To do so, they need access to information from reliable sources like our Prairie Docs and their guests. Hello, I'm Stephanie Herseth-Sandlin, and I serve on the Volunteer Board of Directors for the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 organization established by Rick and Joni Holm. The foundation accepts gifts from those of you who wish to support Dr. Holm's legacy and continue this mission, which is so very important to rural residents and communities across South Dakota and in neighboring states. Please consider a personal or corporate gift. Go to prairiedoc.org to make a donation today. Major funding for On Call with the Prairie Doc has been provided by... Avera is a proud sponsor of On Call with the Prairie Doc on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Larson Manufacturing is proud to support On Call with the Prairie Doc as it continues to open doors for important medical information. And with the ongoing support of these individuals and institutions. Brookings Health System, Ophthalmology Limited, South Dakota Academy of Family Physicians, Avera Heart Hospital, Fishback Financial Corporation, South Dakota Foundation for Medical Care, Dakota Allergy and Asthma, Vance Thompson Vision, Black Hills Medical Society, Brookings Madison Flandreau District Medical Society, Sioux Falls District Medical Society, Yankton District Medical Society, Aberdeen District Medical Society, Urology Specialists, Orthopedic Institute, Physicians Care Sanford Clinic Community Service Committee, Lake Ponset Sailing Academy, Aberdeen Asthma and Allergy, Dakota Bank, South Dakota American College of Physicians, and Swift Tail Communications.